We're not saying you have bipolar disorder or you are an anxious person or you're depressed, which really adds weight to like there is something wrong with me versus there is a part of you that gets anxious. There is a part of you that feels depressed and wants to withdraw. There is a part of you that is just yearning to be seen and heard are many parts of you that show up in sometimes destructive or unkind or hurtful ways. And to me, that is just such a beautiful way of seeing humans, of seeing each other, and of seeing ourselves. Hi, I'm Biz Cush, a life coach and therapist, and your host here on the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. We're talking to women all over the world who found their way back to themselves, to their inner knowing, to their intuition, to their wisest self. We're exploring how to feel alive, authentic, engaged, and fully present in your life. Let's awaken your wise woman. Hi, and welcome back to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. There is always a little part of me that feels like I'm going to say welcome to the Woman Warriors podcast, since that was the original iteration of this podcast. But here we are, awakening our wisest self, which is a beautiful uh, vision and perfectly timed for what I'm going to talk about today, which is IFS and parts work and the retreat that I attended for somatic IFS. But before we jump into that, if you would like to know more about working with me, I have revised, revamped, I've actually even lowered my prices for coaching because that felt more in alignment with where I am right now. And you can find that all out at elizabethcushcoaching.com. And it's all laid out there. And I will talk a little bit about how I bring IFS and somatic IFS into my work, both as a coach and a therapist, towards the end of this episode of the podcast. I am noticing, I'm feeling a little nervous. I'm feeling parts of me that are the imposter syndrome parts that say, you know, you don't know enough about this to be sharing it on the podcast, although I've been working with this model for quite some time. And there's a part of me that's a little nervous because this episode's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little more, what they say, what do they call it? Didactic, more, a little more teaching, explaining, sharing, but I will also be tapping into me and how parts work has impacted me and how I see it reflected out into all aspects of my work and my life. So again, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. I am excited to be sharing more about IFS and thematic IFS. 
And if you have questions after you listen to this episode and want to know more from me, you can reach out, shoot me an email. And to do that, go to my website and there's a contact me button and you can fill out that form and send me a question. I will also be sharing resources from the websites where you can find out more from the organizations that promote and teach on IFS and somatic IFS. So acknowledging that there is a part of me that's feeling a little unsettled by having this sort of different sort of episode and feeling how important it is to share why I feel this model is really important and how I bring it into my work. So in IFS, the idea is, the supposition, the base of this model is that all of us have a self. All of us have self-energy. And yet, sometimes, often, I find, because of past events, past experiences, traumas, life events, we lose access to self because when we're wounded, parts of us get stuck in time with those wounds. Parts of us believe they get shut off from the rest of our system because of those wounds. And when we are deeply wounded, there are other parts of us that don't want to feel the pain, that don't want us to hurt, that don't want to relive those bad experiences. And so they learn to, they help us distance ourselves from the pain through dissociation and numbing and addiction. And they find lots and lots of creative ways to protect us from feeling the pain that we experienced, especially as young children. And yet, those younger parts, those parts that were wounded, are there. They've just been sheltered off. They've been secluded. They've been exiled. So they've been put in a place in our systems where we may not consciously know that those wounds are still impacting us, but our protective parts know. They know, and they work very hard to keep the the emotional pain contained. And sometimes, often, that can be disruptive for those little parts that want to be heard. So they find a way to sneak through the protective barriers that have been put in place by these very caring protective parts that want to keep us safe. And yet, the wounded parts really need and want to be seen and heard and unburdened of these traumas and painful events that they continue to hold. And so that might show up for me personally, like anxiety, depression. Sometimes the protective parts can push me. I think I've shared another podcast, like over drinking or using substances when I was a teen. And so the system can kind of, our personal system can get out of whack and we can lose touch with our self, our self energy. And our self is 
you can call it your soul, your inner wisdom, your intuition, your knowing, that part of you that can provide the love and care and compassion to all our parts, even the parts that can take over and push us into perfectionism or avoidance, the things we, procrastination, the things we beat ourselves up about, our self-energy can relate to those parts that are working really hard to support us, even though sometimes in what seems like unreasonable or not so helpful ways, our self-energy can help relate to those parts, hear their stories, unburden their burdens, release the legacy parts of those burdens, stuff that has been put upon us by others, our parents, our caregivers, that really isn't ours to hold. And that can create deep inner healing and a sense of more settledness. And it's so what I love, love, love about this model is that it is what we call in the therapy world, non-pathologizing. We're not saying you have bipolar disorder or you are an anxious person or you're depressed, which really adds weight to like there is something wrong with me versus there is a part of you that gets anxious. There is a part of you that feels depressed and wants to withdraw. There is a part of you that is just yearning to be seen and heard are many parts of you that show up in sometimes destructive or unkind or hurtful ways. And to me, that is just such a beautiful way of seeing humans, of seeing each other, and of seeing ourselves. It takes away the shame. It takes away the blame. And if we can stop shaming and blaming ourselves for the ways we've learned to cope, the ways we've learned to be in the world and with our systems, if we can take away that shame and blame, it creates a whole new lovely dynamic within and that radiates out into the world as well. And so what somatic IFS brings to this picture of our parts and working with our parts and being attuned to our self-energy, it brings the body very clearly, specifically into this model. So oftentimes there can be unconscious material that we may not be aware of that impacted us as very young children or in the womb. And Somatic IFS can help our bodies communicate and heal those wounds without words, which is pretty profound. So just as I was beginning to be ready to record this episode, I noticed in my body a tightness in my chest, a part of me that 
wanted to avoid recording this episode altogether. And another part, stepping in saying, you don't know enough. You can't be a teacher of this model. You don't know it well enough. You haven't brought it fully into your practice. So all those parts were showing up around creating this episode because of a lot of fear. There were parts of me that were afraid that if I put myself out there, that I might be criticized or judged, or maybe I wouldn't be clear enough. And being able to just take a deep breath, notice those sensations in my body, and listen to what they were crying out, wanting me to hear, I was able to name that and say, okay, I hear that. I hear that there's some fear here. And I do know this model and I can explain it in a way that has made sense to me and hopefully will resonate with you. So that's bringing the body into the work. It's really tuning into where you're feeling the distress or discomfort or tension or pain even. And really listening and moving in ways with somatic IFS, you can learn to move your body to express that pain or release that pain. And it's really, I was profoundly impacted by the retreat because Susan McConnell, who is the author of this model, she walked us through the steps and really guided us in meditations where we weren't talking. We were listening to our bodies as she guided us through some visualization and scenes where our bodies could move in ways that represented what she was sharing with us. That may not make sense, but she had us envision ourselves as an embryo and then being birthed and then moving in the small ways that infants can move and then guiding us through standing and through all of those developmental stages where words aren't available to us and just noticing what was happening in our bodies and the emotions that were coming up really revealed a lot for me and I think for the others in the retreat. And because this model is, is new for me, the somatic IFS, I'm going to read some content from Susan McConnell's website, which is theembodiedself.net. And I'm going to share some of how she describes the five steps of really leaning into IFS and bringing it into practice, but bringing it into our bodies, into our systems. And the first part of this is somatic awareness. So that's your body's awareness, right? And she shares, each of the trillions of cells in our body contributes to a larger field of self-energy that we always have available to us. Simply connecting with some aspect of our body, our spine, our feet, our pelvis, can help us access the self-energy when our parts are taking over all the energy of our mind. And if you are an overthinker or someone who worries all the time, you know that your mind can take over, can really 
those parts of you that want to know, that want to problem solve, that want to have everything under control can take you out of your body and keep you really in your head. And bringing yourself back to your body through this somatic awareness helps you bring you back to self-energy. The second part of somatic IFS is conscious breathing. Breathing air into our bodies awakens, nourishes, energizes, and creates more spaciousness and calm. Conscious breathing, resting on the earthy foundation, provides an airy cushion for the practices of resonance, movement, and touch, which lead to the state of embodied self. So as we connect to our breath, as we connect our breath to the earth, breathing in earth's energy and releasing our carbon dioxide to the rest of the earth to nourish the plants that grow here really can help us connect with ourself and our body awakens into this spaciousness and calm. And as you know, I am a firm believer in meditation and bringing an awareness within. I am also a huge proponent of meditative practices that bring in nature and the earth and our grounding here and our sense of connection to Mother Earth to create that spacious open awareness. And there are lovely practices within somatic IFS that help bring us back to our bodies, our breath, and the earth. The third practice is radical resonance. Radical resonance is a mutual process involving both parties. Just as two finely made violins will resonate to the same vibration when only one string is played, the embodied self of the therapist and client reverberate in a somatic duet. And yes, this is true for client and therapist, but it is also true for whomever you are interacting with out in the world because we are empathetic creatures and there are things called mirror neurons which help us sort of feel and take in what others are feeling as someone is expressing or sharing those neurons kick on in our own bodies so we are picking up the energy picking up what's happening for others in our cells, in our brains, in our bodies. And through this connecting with self, we can become more fully attuned with others and just through our presence. It heightens our intuition and that kinesthetic sensing, like our sense of our bodies with others, the energy that flows between us. And it was interesting at the retreat, one of the practices we did was one person was sharing, another person was listening, and the third person was just resonating. They were just feeling the energy, noticing 
the physical movement, noticing the words, tuning into the feeling, the depth of feeling that was being shared without saying a word. It was really powerful from all aspects of each position. So as the listener, as the resonator, and as the sharer, it felt really, really powerful taking on those different roles and just noticing how different they can be. And what's lovely is as you really tap into your self-energy and your resonance with others, that shines through. That impacts all of your relationships, and it's a beautiful thing. The fourth part of Somatic IFS, again, this is all from Susan McConnell's website, is mindful movement. And you know I am a lover of movement to help move through stuck places, trauma, and just bringing more body awareness. But Susan shares, mindful movement brings self-awareness to spontaneous gestures and movement styles to witness, access, and unburden our parts. This fourth practice of somatic IFS also includes re-embodying early developmental movement patterns associated with trauma and faulty attachment and encourages movement practices that foster and stabilize self-energy. Yeah, movement to me can bring, well, just an awareness of others. So if you might notice that someone you're talking to is constantly wiggling their leg or has difficulty sitting still, one, we pick up that energy, and two, being aware of it, helping us notice what's happening for others can help us bring us back to ourselves and our own self-energy. And as a therapist, I find all of my work right now is virtual. I'm still able to pick up on whether it's hand movements or body movements or a shift as they're talk- my clients are talking about something more difficult that might alert me to something that's happening within them in that moment, as well as for myself to notice what's happening for me. Am I uncomfortable? Am I feeling something that's coming up that maybe I might be picking up from the client or it might be some of my parts that are showing up? And the fifth piece of this somatic IFS is attuned touch. And I know touch can be difficult for lots of people for lots of reasons. And so touch only happens, well, clearly not for me because I'm in a virtual space, but I can guide a client to touch, put their hand on their heart or in the place where they're feeling a particular part show up. And if there were a therapist doing somatic IFS with a client, There is always consent that goes with touch. Always. No question. We don't touch unless it's okay for both parties. So, 
Susan says, touch is a powerful vehicle for healing trauma and attachment wounds. Touch has the power to form a strong therapeutic bond with a part. Attuned touch communicates self-presence, triggering the release of oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone, and it can greatly facilitate the part's trust in the selves of the client and the therapist. And we had a few yoga sessions with a somatic IFS trained yogi and therapist, and she had us, before the practice began, we would select a stone that she had put out there for us and placed it at the top of our yoga mats that if we were open to touch, you would put that stone there and she would know. And so if you didn't want it, you didn't have to say no, you didn't have to do anything other than place a little stone at the front of your mat to communicate to her that you were open to it. And I don't know if you all ever have experienced touch in yoga, but it can be an incredibly connecting, bonding, nurturing, wonderful experience if touch is okay for you. I found it incredibly healing and I don't know, there's just something about when a person is touching you therapeutically, how that impacts the cells in your body and the energy and it it can be incredibly powerful. And lastly, embodied self is the final last piece of all of these parts for somatic IFS. And Susan shares, parts speak through the body-mind in raw, elegant, primitive poetics. They compel a response that requires the listener to descend into the mysteries of his or her own body-mind. The kind of knowing, understanding, and compassion that arises from a full-bodied, resonant listening has an authentic immediacy that is transformative. So when we're in relationship and fully embodied with ourself, not only does that resonate within us, but it resonates out into the world and helps us connect at a deeper, safer, transformative experience. And lastly, Susan shares, our innate capacity for embodiment is overridden in the face of life experiences that overwhelm our vulnerable systems. And so basically, what she's sharing is that if we've experienced trauma, which so many of us have, if we have experienced developmental trauma before we could speak, those experiences shape our system in a way that's protective and reactive instead of embodied. And that doesn't mean the embodiment isn't possible. Embodiment gets overridden by this interaction of all of our parts versus us, ourself, showing up in the world. 
as a more grounded self-energy. And what's interesting is the ideal isn't that you're in yourself all the time because I think that's pretty much impossible. We all have manager parts and parts that are good at our to-do lists and going to work and taking care of children or mothering and my therapist parts are really good at taking care of my clients. And I can have an awareness around when those parts are leading the show in a reactive way versus when they're showing up to help in that moment to do that job. So we're not trying to push parts away. The parts are always welcome because they do really, they really know how to do their jobs. It's just sometimes they get stuck in this pattern of overreacting, of reacting in bigger ways than maybe our system needs once we heal, once we take care of those burdens and traumas and take care of ourselves and those wounded parts. So the retreat for me, I learned a lot about what it's like for my parts to be in a big group of people I don't know. And there were a lot of parts that were feeling unsafe and scared and needing to protect. And I was able to, with the group, in a smaller form, in a small group, work through some of those parts that were showing up so that I could feel more comfortable and safe in that space. And that was amazing. It was also just a beautiful, beautiful retreat center, which was called the Mount Madonna Retreat Center in Watsonville, California. It's up in the Redwoods. I think the elevation was like 5,000 feet. And we looked down over Monterey Bay. And fortunately, being there was at the tail end of all the crazy rain that they had. And so we had some beautiful sunny days to explore the woods and nature and each other. And it was really great. And because I promised that I would share how I bring IFS and somatic IFS into my therapy and coaching work, that's what I'm going to do right now. And I realized that at the very beginning of this episode, I really didn't define or share what IFS stands for, but it stands for Internal Family Systems. And what that means is from the creator of this model of therapy, Richard Swartz, he realized that his clients all had a system of parts that interacted and disrupted and played a part in the client's functioning and being in the world. And that every client also had a sense of self. And maybe it was hard for some clients to bring that self-energy forward because the parts had been working so hard due to traumas and difficult life experiences and ways of learning how to be in the world when we're children, that sometimes that needed to be developed and nurtured so that the system, our systems, learn to let ourselves lead. Because if that is not nurtured early on, the parts take up that role so that we can live and be in the world 
in a way that feels safe for us in those moments. So back in time. That may not make a whole lot of sense right now, but if you want to know more about this model, you can go to the IFS Institute website, but there's also a lovely little book. I think it's called The Introduction to Internal Family Systems. Not a long book written by Richard Swartz, and it's really, it outlines the model and our parts work very nicely. For me personally, I bring my self-energy into sessions with clients of all realms, both therapy and coaching. And I try to bring my self-energy into all of my relationships. And that means I'm showing up in a balanced, grounded, compassionate way in all my human and animal and nature interactions. And with all people that I'm in relationship with, I'm seeing all of your parts with compassion and kindness and care. And sometimes that's a struggle as a human if we are in relationship with quote unquote difficult people to see those parts with compassion that they're doing the best that they can with how they've learned how to be in the world. But I try very hard to see the parts doing their jobs as they've learned how to do them to keep the system safe. I'm also working to help the clients grow their own self-energy because ultimately, if everyone is showing up in the world with self-energy leading, the world would be, I think, a kinder, safer place for everyone. And we're always working with the client's part's consent, right? So in session, we're never moving beyond where the client's parts are feel safe to go. So if there are protective parts that show up and say, no, we don't want to go there, we get permission to move ahead or not. And then we work with those parts that are really feeling like they need to protect the system. And we're also making sure it's safe to go to the wounded parts and not pushing ahead before any of the clients are ready. So that's important to me and my work with clients to to let them know that it's up to them how fast we work, where we go, and it's up to their system and what feels safe for them. With coaching clients, we're often just bringing to light and acknowledging that sometimes our parts can do great work and sometimes they can keep us stuck, especially if we're highly sensitive and those parts of us that easily get overwhelmed, that easily feel distress and overstimulated. It's helping to bring some self-energy into the parts relationship for the client so that They're recognizing when it's time to rest, when it's time for their system to slow down, when it's time to bring in some quiet time. And ultimately, for therapy clients, we're trying to heal those wounded parts so that they're not breaking through with the pain and the suffering and 
they're able to heal so the whole system can heal. And I guess that's the point. We are working towards a balanced system so that, sure, your worker, manager, for me, my therapist parts show up, but bringing, making sure that I am aware of what energy is coming from me and trying, especially in client sessions, to stay grounded in self-energy, but for clients, for them to be accessing their self-energy, so bringing more awareness to the whole system. Again, I understand some of this, some of the words I'm using feel very therapy-ish, and I just want you to know that it feels very natural in the sessions to go inward, to check in your body, to, to notice where you're feeling the distress, whatever that distress might be. It might be anxiety or depression or pain and suffering. We're going inside to find it in the body. And just being with it opens up doors that maybe wouldn't have opened up before in gentle, kind, compassionate, caring ways. And it's beautiful work. Again, if you want to know more, if this feels confusing the way I'm explaining it, I get it. For me, learning about parts really helped me see myself with care and compassion for all my messy parts. Because the idea behind IFS is that all parts are welcome, all of them even the ones that can knock us off track, even the ones that can turn to substance use, all of them are welcome because if we don't understand them, if we don't allow our system to see them with care and compassion, the disruptions continue. And so the idea is to bring all parts in with care, compassion, kindness, curiosity, and hold them, listen, and help them heal. Well, I hope that all of you take care of your parts in the coming weeks. And I, again, if you want to know more about working with me, you can get on my newsletter, elizabethcushcoaching.com forward slash sign up. You can also just go to the website, elizabethcushcoaching.com I have adjusted some of my prices for the new year, which feels more in alignment with me and my system. So you'll see uh, that I've lowered some of the prices for my coaching sessions. You can always, always also find me at progressioncounseling.com. That is my therapy website. I am licensed in Maryland and Delaware. I hope that you all have a lovely week. I hope you take care of your parts. And I really look forward to connecting with you next time here on the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Music by Andy Cush, sound editing by Laura Disler and show notes by Kathy Cush. If you'd like more information about me, Biz Cush, and the resources shared today, 
go to awakenyourwisewoman.com.